Welcome to episode 164 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And I am joined, as always, from the Pat Cave at Magenta Manor by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life, who is staring off like she doesn't want to be here right now. She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. I'm just thinking of food. I'm always thinking of food. I'm a very hungry guy. Like I'm a I'm, hungry, hungry hobo. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the the handful of Parmesan goldfish that I just shoved into my mouth like mm-hmm. 10 seconds before starting this. Which is different from the sushi that you ate on the way home from Wegmans. I love fish. Yes. In all forms. We were we were driving home and I fed her sushi because she was driving. So, welcome to the episode. And uh, before we kick off, I just want to remind everyone that we are a part of the Dorkening Network. And we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you don't go back. We spent, as a member of the network, last weekend at Terrificon at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. And uh, and we had a terrific time! We did. There was a, a lot of driving. We had a terrific time at Terrificon! It was... Um, it was terrific! It was about 500 miles, all told, back and forth um, every day. So, Echo, we drove a lot. We drove a lot. Spent but a lot of time in the car, it. but it was so worth it. We yeah. had so much fun. Yeah, it was definitely worth going down there, and you know, we got to see some different vendors that we hadn't seen. Um, you know, like I, I posted in the group the other day, we, uh, we made some new friends, made some connections and, uh, learned some stuff. And, uh, we interviewed some really cool people too. And you'll get to hear that later on. Uh, although it is sad that, uh, you know, one of our interviewees we actually had on the show a couple of weeks ago, Ben Goldsmith, uh, it's sad that he lost his sponsorship. So, you know, we're a little we're a little bummed about that, but there is a silver lining. So, just to, you're looking at me like you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The thing that yes. got mentioned I'm like, about wait a minute. sixty times that, that episode. <laughs> I thought we were talking about something like serious for no, a second. No, no, oh no, 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 no. He's he's sponsored by. Uh, no, 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 let him. Let him. Something let, better. Something yeah, better. Well, I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just different. It's just there. So, you know, we got some really cool people, but for you, what was the highlight of going to this con? Like what was the aside from Krispy Kreme? What oh was my god, con? you guys, we got Krispy Kreme donuts and they're amazing. I've had Krispy Kreme before, but living up here in Massachusetts, our crowning glory is Dunkin' Donuts. You know, we have Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. I don't think there's a Krispy Kreme in Massachusetts. They, I was going to get to that. Um, Evil Corny and I were talking about this on online, and he was, you know, there's a whole bunch in in Alabama, and he's like, oh, and here's our Dunkin' locations, and he you know, posted a picture of the map. And other than this, uh, this little kiosk in the mall, at uh, or the shops section of the casino in in uh, Mohegan Sun, I think there's two in Maine, 
and that's it for New England. None in Massachusetts, none in Rhode Island, none in Vermont, it's none in New Dunkin Hampshire. Dunkin' Donuts is king. Well, right, but there are other donut places. We were, I was talking right. to somebody I mean, at there's, work about there's like Honeydew. There's Honeydew. And- there's uh, Dippin' Donuts, which is not yeah, as but I think big a chain. Krispy Kreme is like a direct competitor to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, well, I mean, that explains so, why you never see a McDonald's near a Burger King. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just guessing. I'm you, just you, throwing some thoughts out there, They don't sell Coke okay? and Pepsi at the same store. Oh, I mean, my God. Crazy. Shut up. Okay. Um, but anyways, I mean, I've had Krispy Kreme Donuts before, and you can get Krispy Kreme Donuts, like, at a store um, I believe you can also have them like sent to you from like their website or whatever. Yeah, that's what I want. But Fresh donuts no, delivered but, a week later. <laughs> well, I mean, like they would rush deliver it to you. It's not like you would have to wait a week and be like, "Hey, thanks for the stale donuts, guys." Unless they're like, rushing them to be... me and they're still warm, like those Domino's delivery vans. <laughs> that's not cool. Okay. Well, anyways, the point that I'm getting at is that there was a Krispy Kreme right there, and they had fresh baked donuts, and we got to to take home some of those fresh baked donuts. And I forgot. I know you're dying to say something. Hold I on. Am. I forgot how the glaze on the Krispy Kreme donuts just they just it just melts in your mouth. It's so delicious. It's so sweet, but slightly. Savory. That's a lot of S's right there. It's like a new ASMR, you know, like sweet and savory. So delicious. Salacious. Yeah, I was going to say delicious, but it doesn't begin with an S. So, but anyways, it was really succulent. Um, it was really good. It was good. It, It made the. It made. I mean, obviously, the trip was worth it, anyways. But like, it made it extra special. Yes. So. The funny thing is we're walking. We don't know where it is. We're just following signs that say shops. And it's like, well, we can either go straight. We can go left. Like, let's just take a left. And Ashes is getting impatient. She goes, why don't we just find a map? I'm like, have you seen a map anywhere? We're in the heart of the casino. You know what time it is. Like, they're not going to tell you how to escape. And I turned and I'm like, oh, there it is. Exactly as I planned it. So I go in and I'm like, okay, let's see. I'm like, what do you want? She's like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll get one of those or maybe we'll get one of those. I'm like, no. What? I'm like, we're getting it. Now, we had talked about this. And for some reason, Ashes was under the delusion that we weren't getting a dozen of these. Now, we've been together almost 10 years. This is the first time we've had Krispy Kreme donuts. And she was somehow under the delusion that we weren't getting a dozen. Because after I paid for the dozen and we were walking out, she's like, I didn't think we were getting a dozen. I was like, what gave you that idea? Like, when's the next time um, we're going to be The fact that here? I said, you were like, we're getting a dozen donuts. And I was like, uh, no, we're not. And what did we do? We got a dozen We got a dozen donuts. donuts. <laughs> do you know why? Because I wanted a dozen donuts. So this is just a little tip for you folks out there who think that Ashes runs everything in our life. She clearly does not. Because... I wanted a dozen donuts, and guess what I got? A dozen fucking donuts. Yeah, well, you also bought them with your own goddamn money, so I don't give a fuck. I'm a grown-up, and I can do that whenever I want, as soon as she gives me permission. That's so, right. But no, we had uh, we had a, uh, we had one of the glazed ones, one of the chocolate glazed, like the chocolate with the, the like regular glaze on it. And they Are we were seriously having amazing. an in-depth discussion about Krispy Kreme donuts right now? Listen, there are people... 
listening to us who may never have had Krispy Kreme because they live in another country and they don't understand these donuts are. I'm sure they have their own confections that we've never tasted that would probably blow some of the things that we've eaten out of the water. But, you know, I'm trying to be as descriptive. This is a radio program. I'm trying to be as descriptive as possible. So, again, what was your favorite part of going to the convention? Because we got sidetracked and talked about Krispy Kreme. I got to break in a new pair of boots, so that was fun. Yeah, but you can do that anywhere at any time. Like, what was... I'm, jo- I'm joking. It's a joke, Patrick. Laugh. It wasn't that ha, funny. Ha, Speaking ha. of funny jokes, though, there was a dude on a ladder, and we were walking by him, and he was, like, you know, talking to people. Careful. It's dangerous to get high at work. And he said, ha, ha, and he laughed, and he said, you must be a dad. So, clearly, I am ready for parenthood. That's all I needed to know. So, yeah, go, go ahead. Um... So, there's a lot of things that happened this weekend that were really cool. And I think overall, um, this was our first Terrificon. So, we weren't really, we didn't know what to expect. And we didn't know, you know, uh, how, I mean, obviously, we've been to conventions before. This isn't our first rodeo. but Leo really hyped it up and it lived um, up. I know, absolutely. I think that was one of my favorite things is getting the opportunity to spend time with some of the other podcasters from the Dorkening Network. Yeah, we saw uh, Leo and Kevin and Yo-Yo and Jeremy and Steven. So uh, Steven's uh, Super Retro Throwback Reviews. Jeremy is uh, Loose Cannon. And then uh, the other gentlemen are obviously all the different Dorkening shows, Black and White Pride, Dorkening. Uh, Wicked Horror Show. So that was really cool. Um, having the opportunity to meet more people. I love that. I love branching out, meeting new friends, some fresh, shiny faces. Um, the con itself was so well organized. It really was. so well put together. Like, I was really impressed. You know, sometimes you walk in and you're like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm not quite sure where things are. I'm not sure. Overstimulated. Right. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be. And immediately we walk into the place and, you know, there's, there's a booth. For for everything, you know, saying this is where you purchase your tickets, this is where you get your passes, this is this, that's that. This is that. before we entered the con itself. Like, oh. this is where you pick up. Like, I'm just trying to paint the picture. This is out in the hallway. Plenty of of super, super, super friendly staff and volunteers, uh, more than uh, willing and happy to point us in the right direction. And it just kind of gives you a really good feeling walking in you know everyone seems really happy to be there it's a very positive environment um it was cool it was it was very cool like i i really appreciated that touch that just everything was super organized and super easy to find you weren't wasting any of your time trying to find where things were and then when you entered the actual convention itself the way things that things were were uh set up was just so beautifully done you know you have your vendors you had the artists that who were they, they were very much the spotlight of your the show your 12 foot thanos uh, yeah you know you 12 foot thanos just sitting in front like hey what's up uh what's up purple guy my man looking like um, a jacked grimace yeah uh, and 
yeah, I really like the way that it put a spotlight on the artists themselves. And it didn't mm-hmm. matter if you were a known artist, uh, a couple of, like you said, a couple of the artists who did the Infinity Gauntlet storyline uh, were there. Yeah, um, Ron Lim and um, Jim Starlin, uh, Neil Adams was there, Jay Lee, um, Tom King. Like, there's a lot of really talented, talented comic book writers and comic book artists there. And then set back behind them were the these celebrities that were there. So, but everyone was was it was accessible. Like everyone had plenty of room. It seemed to conduct what they needed to do, and you know, very hands on, which I know provides a great fan experience. And you get what you pay for at a convention like this. Yeah, and you like to kind of piggyback on what you said. In order to get to, you know, because some people are only going for the celebrities. In order, no matter which way you went, you pass by a dozen artists, you know, uh, doing different things. Like, there were a couple of artists that we did not get interviews with, but some of the folks have commented on my sweet Calvin and Hobbes uh, print where Calvin's got the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. That's from uh, Ryan Brown, who worked for uh, Image Comics. And you know he did some great some great drawings and stuff um you know we chatted with him hopefully uh we can get him on the show uh, you know like that was one of the things we passed uh one of the one of the booths we passed um uh, that's langley who mm-hmm. uh the uh, alice in wonderland pretty rad it's basically the entire you know, of alice in wonderland like word for word the original lewis carroll stuff but with illustrations as if Alice was documenting the whole thing on yeah, Instagram. Because it's not just Alice in Wonderland. It's Alice, Alice in hashtag Wonderland. Yes. And that's uh, really cool. And we wouldn't have seen him if we hadn't you know, walked a certain way. But that's what this, you know, as you've heard from the promos we've, we've run, like that's what con is about like it was literally a comic con like they, they wanted to really focus on you know the the people behind the mediums that have become so popular so, what else did you uh did you like about it i got popcorn you did and and cotton candy that was as big as my head bigger than my head bigger than your head and, and you made a mess i tried not to make a mess but i am me and i made a mess and it was, it was, it was, it was messed in the hall. Yes, everyone walking by, like, there were people with toddlers saying, this is not how candy. Like, four-year-olds like, damn, lady, you made a mess. No, not really. There was a, though, there was a young kid, that cosplay that you really liked. Ah, uh, go to hell. <laughs> that child can go to hell, too. There, there was a young child, ZT, and. Expect that to happen. It did happen. Like that was one of the most random things. Um, and like the little bastard was everywhere. He was. He was everywhere where I turned around. There was freaking adorable little kid, precious. I'm sure, dressed up as motherfucking ET. <laughs> God damn it, go away, kid. There was some really cool uh, cosplay. Uh, Matches Malone. Uh, who, if you've gone to a con around here, you've seen him. He's always dressed up as Batman. Uh, does a really great job with uh, 
you know, with his cosplay and, you know, always taking pictures with kids and other people dressed up as superheroes. You know, he's got other people that, you know, he does, uh, you know, different community work with and everybody's always dressed up as superheroes. It's great. Uh, we did, uh, we met Tim Jones, who we're going to uh, play an interview with a little later on. Uh, we picked up some of his stuff. Uh, we met the guys over at uh, Alterna Comics, picked up uh, their movie called The Chair, which is actually Roddy Piper's last film before he passed away. Uh, and it sounds really cool. I'm going to post links and all this, you know, in the art. We're going to do an accompanying article as well, so you'll be able to you know, see some of the links for the uh, for the folks that we talked to because there's a lot of stuff that they've done. Yeah, so make sure you check out the website. Yeah, we'll be we'll be posting it all over. Uh, my favorite part of the of the weekend was we waited till till Sunday to do it, but as you guys know, I'm a big fan of animation, and you've listened to some of our episodes. We have had a lot of folks on who are a part of animation, whether it's writing, directing, or you know, voice acting. And I got to meet Maurice LaMarche, which was super cool. He was like a guy and uh, got a picture. If you're unfamiliar with the name and, uh, you know, I was talking with a few people and they're not familiar with who he is like as an actor, but basically if you've watched a cartoon over the past 30 years, you know who he is. Like search for the, for the battle you know, you were having a hard time just tracking down. <laughs> I didn't realize he had such a catalog of of acting jobs, voice acting jobs. And, and some of them were, are things that I'm familiar with as well. I mean, obviously, I knew he was the voice of, of some things, but I had no idea he was even involved in other projects. And some of them are just, you know, bit voices, mm-hmm. but... You know, he was he was involved in Adventure Time. I had no freaking clue. I mean, I should have put two and two together because he also does a lot of work with John DiMaggio, and John DiMaggio is is big dog in Adventure Time, so it kind of makes sense. Um, and but yeah, I, Futurama, where Maurice Lamarche does. Yeah, but but people like, know that he does movies. you know stuff on on Futurama. Right. Like well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I had no idea connection is. Right, I just I had no idea that he had done other voices. He was he even did a voice on an episode of SpongeBob. Like he was in craziness. Frozen. He played uh, I think the the dad, like the uh, ill fated dad of Anna and Elsa. I, th- I think so. I've never seen Frozen, but like based on the picture of uh, the autographs that that we got, you know, he's Francis Clampazzo, also known as Clamps on uh, Futurama. His real claim to fame, I think, you know, the the voice that I think people would most recognize him as is anything animated with Orson Welles. You know, he's done it on The Critic. He's done it on The Simpsons. He's done it on Futurama. You know, basically his Orson Welles impression is Brain from Pinky and the Brain. So, you know, it's... He's got a ton of work, so it was really cool meeting him. He was super, super nice. I'm really hoping he wants to come on the show with us because that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, and it was a it was a really cool experience. You know, sometimes you meet celebrities at conventions, and it's not everything that you had hoped it was going to be. 
but this definitely wasn't the case. And obviously I didn't have as much invested into meeting him as you did, Patsy. Right. But, you know, he was, he was just so nice. He was so nice. And, you know, definitely to was taking ample time with every person in line. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just, you know, a sign and go. He, you know, took multiple pictures with you and, you know, you got to chat with him briefly there about was a, yeah, maybe coming on the show. Well, well, there was that, yeah. but you also got oh, I, him to do the critic. Because <laughs> uh, one of the one of the pictures he had was his Orson Welles uh, persona on the critic, and you know he played Orson Welles talking about rosebud frozen peas full of country goodness and fr- and green penis. <laughs> and he did that line; it was great. Um. Yeah, there was a there was a young lady, a couple people ahead of us, who didn't get anything from him, didn't buy anything, but just went up to him, wanted to meet him, hugged him, and he's like, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you. It's so good. You know, thanks for coming out." And and you know that's cool because we've interacted with celebrities where like if you're not buying something from them, like they really can't be bothered, which is unfortunate. And you never want to just assume that that's how this person is. Maybe they're having a tough day. Maybe you came to them and like they've just they're tired or they're not feeling well. Don't judge that one interaction and let that color your of that of that person because it you know maybe they were going through something and you know at that moment they just weren't able to turn on the charm. It's happened. You know I've 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 seen it happen. You know I've had with folks that maybe weren't the best. And other people have had interactions with folks that weren't the best. But when we switch around, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw them in Detroit and they were really great. Or I, I saw them in Florida and they were awesome. Or, I saw them in you know, Boston and they weren't, you know, they weren't super thrilled to be there. But then I saw them again in New York and they were having a great time. So, um, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. Um, there were some really cool vendors there. Like, and that's one of the things we like to see, like all the people that do like these really cool arts and crafts. And again, you know, one of the people we met, we got a chance to interview and she was really cool about it. Very high energy level. Mm. Uh, and she does a lot of, a lot of conventions and stuff too. So I'm hoping we'll get to see her uh, maybe later on this year or next year. Uh, what about you? What else, what else kind of caught your eye and like was, you know, really makes you want to go back there next year? That's a really good question. I don't want dead air because this is radio, but I'm really having to think. Um, there's a lot. And it's, again, I mean, super well organized, but so organized that you don't realize that there's a lot until you're in the middle of everything and you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot here. Um, I think a lot of the artists... Yeah. And not just the comic book artists, but the artists that were there in general, uh, who do kind of like fan art. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown, yeah, who did who did your your uh Calvin and Hobbes. He had some excellent, excellent work. Um We'll be posting a link to his uh store envy because he's got some really cool like zombified stuff. Uh like the zombie pets thing that he did. Um he did the uh, the different like Always Sunny in Philadelphia like fan art stuff mm-hmm. as well. There were there were three different um, Calvin and Hobbes. 
Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff. The uh, stitch, the different stitches that he did. Um, you know, and and meeting uh, Tim Jones was really cool. He does a comic book strip called Sour Grapes, and it's very much along the lines of like a peanuts. Very sarcastic. With, with yeah, I would say uh, with the sorry, it reminded me of something. But I can't quite put my finger on it. Tell them about um, the uh, the the character that you saw when we opened up the book one when we started flipping through the book. So he does have a girl. I, apparently, she's sixteen years old, and her name is Constance. But she has pink hair, and she's very sassy. And I was like, "Oh, hey, he's writing about me without even knowing me." There's a strip I saw. I looked at it, and I was like. It's it's her and she's talking to Aesop, who's the flying dog who has a pet cloud, uh, and the, the cloud's name is Ominous, and he walks him on a leash, and she tells Aesop, you know, she's like a princess, and she's like, go tell every, all the all the men in them to battle to the till uh, old standing, and whoever the last person standing is will be my husband. Aesop's like, all right, so he leaves, and he comes back, because nobody wants to do it. I win. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the type of humor that is in, you know, this strip, and it's awesome. And you're going to hear more from Tim in a little while. Uh, He's going to talk all about his his inspirations, his his muses, you know, the other folks that uh, inspired him to do what he does. So I hope you enjoy that, and uh, definitely check Tim out. Um, and again, in our article, we're going to have all the, uh, all the different physical newspapers where you can find his strip, which is so cool. Not a medium you see all that often. I say, printed newspaper is a dying art to begin with. So the fact that he's able to have a comic strip in a, an, a physical newspaper, 30 papers, you know, like that's just, that's so cool because that's one of my fondest memories as a child. Like I remember, you know, there were comic strips in the daily paper but it was the sunday funnies yep that was like full page color just 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 the 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 epitome like the the ultimate zenith of of papers you know and yeah just just waiting for the paper to be delivered my my we would all be sitting at the kitchen table and my dad would be reading the sports section and my mom would be reading something either like the arts and leisure or just something um and i would always have the funnies and the sunday paper was the best because the funnies were in color mm-hmm. as well in three panels they were like eight or ten right like it was a legit section of the paper it wasn't just like oh here's like a page of comic book strip you know comic strips it was you know multiple pages of four pages and some of them only appeared in the sunday paper some of them weren't daily yeah after a while uh, calvin and Hobbes was just sundays after a while fireside was just sundays because it was just it was demanding it's a demanding job to have to come up with 365 yeah, new content every single day yeah and you know in certain st- you know not to you know go off topic too much and we talk about this a little with tim certain side you know you you don't have uh, regular characters so you can't like tell a story you can't like start you know like the uh some of the calvin and Hobbes stuff you know, which i always bring up because that's what i'm most familiar with you know like the series where 
the dog knocks Calvin down. Like that was like a two week thing. You know, searching for hunts out Susie Durkins has them. You know, it's it's a but you know, with certain comics you can't do that because you don't have regular recurring characters. So it's difficult to do something. I mean, it's difficult to tell a story, a, a funny, you know, concise story every single day, you know, let alone a brand new separate self-contained thing every single day. Right. But he has books of his strips mm-hmm. and we purchased one. And he has coloring and, books. And he has coloring books and he has little stuffed version of Aesop, the main little dog dude who's just so freaking adorable. Uh, <laughs> you and Yo-Yo but, each had one. Yeah, Yo-Yo had one too. And we were we were playing with them and they talk and we probably should have recorded that because it was hilarious. Pretty funny. Anyways, um, it just it, it was just it was nostalgic. It kind of brought me back. And oh, Garfield! It has kind of a Garfield yeah, undertone with the sarcasm, the sarcastic like, animal. Yeah, and uh, with the half lidded eyes, it's kid friendly, but it's also the content is funny enough and deep enough that grown ups can like it as well. Right? You know, like some of the jokes might go over I mean, very clean. Uh, very, you know, definitely kid-friendly, but, you know, some of the kids might not get the jokes the way that grown-ups will get They'll think it. of it as a funny thing. Right, right. To... And I, I like that. I feel... Yes, and, and difficult. Then, yeah, and a lot more difficult to do than just I mean, it's just not your... lazy fart humor. Right, right. So I'm I'm really enjoying looking and, and flipping through the book and plan on picking up more but oh yeah and we're definitely yeah, gonna just, have tim on to talk oh, absolutely. about absolutely uh, great character and tim so is cute. just fantastic um but yeah it was it was cool it was kind of you know nice having that moment of just kind of of, of nostalgia just kind of getting back to you know where you know where i we, used to i used yeah. to read comics i used to follow certain stories you know, kind of got out of that as an adult. So it's nice to kind of, you know, just get back into it a little bit. I still have a ton of collections, you know, between Calvin and Hobbes and Foxtrot and Garfield and the far side. Like, I've got a ton of these collections. But uh, what I think we'll do, break, and when we come back, uh, we'll play the uh, the interviews for you so you can hear from these folks. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Holy sidetracking, guys! The train just came off the tracks! Derailers! Be sure to follow the derailers on Twitter at the derailers and make sure you subscribe to us on itunes stitcher and also on youtube so you can catch the episode next week folks same derailment time same derailment channel 
Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Here at Terrificon at Mohegan's Mohegan Sun, yeah, Mohegan Sun, uh, and we are here with Jackie's Copper Creations. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this. I got into this in the early '90s, about 1992, from my high school art teacher, because I was always drawing. So he slipped me this really thin piece of copper foil and some tools, and just showed me a few little things. He's like, "Here, basically, have at it." That was it. My parents have the very first piece that I did hanging up in their bedroom. What is it? It's really stupid. It, it was just like a little bunch of flowers with a little flower border. It was like 16. It was the easiest thing I could figure out to do. And then after that, my next big project was in college, which was the history of shoes. And it was like 24 panels. And it had like an introductory panel, like written, like a, two paragraphs about how the shoe came about. And then the next panel would be a bigger, like 11 by 14 one of the shoe. And it went on from like sandals up until like buckles to heels to wherever. That's fantastic. Yeah, my parents still have that that's shoe. Right in, that's right up your alley. It is. It's a really interesting piece. Yeah. I almost won best show for it. So <laughs> you've got like a lot of different stuff, yeah. like from all kinds of different fandoms. And it's not just... Like, you know, I see a Mandalorian logo, a Punisher logo, Wonder Woman, but then you have a, you have a Ouija board, you have this awesome Jaws thing, you have this uh, amazing Psycho. You know. My own creation. Yeah, like, there's some great stuff. Like, you know, you got this dungeon sign, and, and it's all varying sizes and complexities. Right. So you've got these little, like, the smallest about ones two are by two? Three and a half inches. I have a Hello Kitty and a Pikachu. <laughs> These are uh, an three and a half inches, and then I go up to uh, 16 by 20 frames. Okay, so these are huge. They're huge, and then these little tiny ones are good for shows. Yes. How yeah. long does it take you to create something like this? Depends on the complexity of it. Okay. But like these, these little three and a half inch squares, I'll have like a sheet of copper with maybe six up on it, and so that I can draw in it, maybe it takes me like a half hour or something. But then, after it's drawn, then you have to antique it. And then yes. I have to add the chemicals to it and let it sit for hours. And then I have to go into the garage and clean it, which could take just as long to draw it. And then clean it again and then seal it. So everything is sealed. You've got a couple of different molecules here. And yes, I, I'm I do. I'm guessing one of them is chocolate. No. No. One of them looks one like oxytocin. One is something oxytocin. I never, ever drink. And one is something I always smoke. Ah, nice. So it's caffeine and THC. Okay. It does look a little like the oxytocin molecule, but I... I want to do other molecules. I'm thinking like Red wine is kind of cool. Or Red sucrose, wine. like sugar. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, resveratrol, that's the uh, molecule that's in red wine. That's very Interesting. Yeah. Kind of complex. I to see how they go. Yeah. See if people like get it and be like, I don't understand that, you know? Well, we work at a peptide synthesis lab. She's a biochemist, so she... We 
get it. You get it. Okay. So you get my little biohazard sign yes. somewhere yeah. around there's there. Yeah, there's one in yeah, here too. I hope to get that tattooed on me. On you. Ironically, you know, I love biohazard. those symbols. Yes. Yeah, and I have a radio, yes. uh, radioactive symbol that. somewhere. Yeah, that's here. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's your biohazard right there. Yeah, so it's with my bathroom collection yes. because it should be. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so you have a lot of different. Uh, Pieces from a lot of different fandoms. Yeah. Is there any one specific fandom that you identify with that you belong to? Anything snarky, but all right. I love the Harry Potter stuff because they have the coolest things you can draw from, like my invisibility cloak rack. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it's just fun to yeah. Because people buy it and like I don't hang anything on it. It's just on my wall because the cloaks are on it already. Right. You got the Deadly Hallows symbol, the Harry Potter with the lightning bolt, the sorting hat. Muggles live here. Yep. Yep. I have mischief managed. I have like a solemnly swear I'm up to no good. I have all the houses. Oh yeah, these are like the nice long uh, Long sign. Twenty-three by four. We'll uh, we'll pick. We'll definitely take a picture with all this so you people can see. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. When if if it's just on. Just on yeah, audio. Yeah, you can tell the signs if they're mounted on wood. Yes. Mounted on wood with little finishing nails. It's very, they're all very classic. Very Thank polished you. and finished. And very vintage. Yes. But then when you, so when you have it on your house, you're like, oh, look at that nice little vintage piece. And then you, and then you need a second it. look. Yes. Like, Does that just say I love you more than bacon? Yeah. <laughs> and not only is it classy, yes. like it also helps you endure, it helps you indulge your nerddom. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So it's a grown-up way of putting like a Mandalorian in your living room. That's exactly. Right. You know, if you're going with a more upscale room. Like you've got this nice silhouette of Alice. Alice, in a cameo kind of look. Yeah, it's very nice. Skeletor right underneath oh, that. Oh, have to have a Skeletor. Yes. Skeletor's one of my best sellers. And then, like, I have an Autobot. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Autobot symbol. Yeah, and then I have... Nuka-Cola. Like, Nuka-Cola. Yeah, and follow. And Disney things and movie posters. It's literally anything. Yeah, it's this is really cool it stuff. It gets a little insane. These are merely suggestions. My website is crazy. And what is the website? The website is JackieStyer.com. So it's J-A-C-K-I-E-S-T-I-E-R.com. Dot com. Dot com. So where else can, can folks find you? Is it, is the website like one-stop shopping? Or? Website is, um, next week I'll be at FanFest Boston. Two weeks from that I'll be at DragonCon in Atlanta, Georgia. I do the Sugarloaf Craft Festival tour in the fall. And I have like Rhode Island Comic Con, Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, good! Baltimore Comic Con. I'll be at all those. Nice. I can't think of what else I Oh, RetroCon. <gasps> have you done RetroCon? Is that the one at the end of September? It's in, yes. The 29th. It used to be in October. It's okay. in uh, Pennsylvania, Oaks. Okay, I was thinking of a different one. There's a different retro type oh. themed in in Connecticut at the end of Oh, this September. is in Pennsylvania. It's okay. RetroCon, so it's all like 80s and 90s themed. Gotcha. Hence my okay. Skeletor and Decepticons. And yeah, yeah. Thundercats. Yeah. Yeah, and all that. Well, yeah, it's just, yeah, anything at these shows go. Yeah. And this stuff would be great, you know, for people starting their Christmas shopping. Absolutely. Early. Absolutely. And you do uh, shipping from your site? Yeah, yeah, you can do that all. Or if it's a custom order, just give me your address and I'll ship it to you. There you go. I do a lot of, like, like I said, custom orders, like a lot of... Um, say housewarming signs or wedding signs you have their name and their date on it you know or people send me logos all the time I get a lot of corporate logos coming in 
Yeah, or people just have a saying that they want on it, so then I'll come back with different fonts and sizes and every, to choose from. And everything is individually yeah. done, so yes, one you can't of a be kind. like, oh, well, this will be, uh, you know, this is a hundred bucks, and you know, I'll do yeah. whatever you want. No, no, it's based on yeah, the com complexity, complexity of the design. and the size of it. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're buying all the materials, you're right. doing everything. Right. Right, but I will give you different options of different price ranges and sizes right. too, because I don't know what your budget is. Right. So I always work with. Or the how much room you have. Right. In your, you know, mm -hmm. like these little these these uh, three and a half. These are roughly the size of coasters, and you yeah. can put these anywhere. anywhere. Don't use them as coasters. Right. But that's how big. They, and then you got the next size up. What are these like four by six? These are uh, three and a half by five and a half. Ah, I was so close. I know. And then we got five by sevens, twelve by fours. But then also all these signs are so light. They they have sawtooths on the back to hang them, but you can use command strips. Yes. Because they're so light. Like, did you feel light? Oh yeah, that weighs like nothing. Right. It it maybe a few ounces. Seriously. And see, this is my Christmas collection. What the elf? Yes, the elf. I like that. I like that. Like little something snarky for the holidays. I'm not into the like dream big, you know. No, and <laughs> neither are we. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> And I don't no. think people in our... No, 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 no. It's more like live, laugh, F off, you know, yeah. or something. So. Live, laugh, go fuck yourself. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Pretty like, much. See, that would be a great sign for like someone you You know what? Know. I'm going to have to add that to my list now because yeah. that's a good one. That is a good one. Live, laugh, and F off. Or yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. 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 I'll probably do a little exclamates in between. I don't want to put Yeah, like a little anybody. asterisk. A little asterisk and an ampersand yeah, but, or something. But in. if that's something somebody wants. Oh, Cursing, cursing kind of like some like lull people oh, into a false sense of security. Like, right, like, like the so nice. like the what the elf thing. You could have like you know eat shit, you know. Yeah, and, and, just... and fancy, and they're like, oh, that's such a pretty piece. Oh, that classes up the what? room so much. Oh, I love that. That's what so that classy. Say? I like it when it has to. You have to take a second look at things. Yes. Like when you're walking past, you don't really. Like, no, I, like, I have a I red like rum that. sign. I always tell people, make sure you hang it when there's like a mirror across from it, if you can. Yes. So they're just looking there. All of a sudden, in the corner of their eye in the mirror, they say, "Why does that say murder?" <laughs> Why does your mirror say murder? murder? Oh, that's our murder. Mirror. I think I have to go now. <laughs> yeah. Although, if people know you well enough, they should kind of expect these types yeah, of things. Yeah. Then they'll be like, "Oh, that's really funny." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, I have a bunch of fandom things, really random. Well, did you have any questions? I, so, I think we're all set. Are we good? Yeah. So, I mean, we can keep talking. Well, I know, but people keep coming <laughs> by and looking at your stuff, you and I don't, I don't want to take up any keep more you of your from time. selling anything. But so thank you. We will. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We will be in touch. You have a card. I do. You have a card. Well, yeah. 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 So we are uh, here at Terrificon still, and um, we ran into our, our good buddy Ben. Remember uh, Ben from a couple of episodes ago? He gave Breezy you all the, on the bits. He gave you all the free mattress codes. So we're here. Uh, so how you doing today, Ben? You doing all right? You know, I my back's hurting a little bit because uh, I I've been sleeping on a Lisa mattress, and I'll be honest, I uh, I, I I switched sponsors. So I'm I'm now with Purple mattresses. Uh, so so for the people from my last podcast, I'm I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Uh, you know, I feel you, but if you want to, purplemattresses.com slash shark attack, and you will get a 90% discount on mattresses. That's a really good deal. That's a great deal. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, 90% of the mattress off, so you're only going to get 10% of a mattress delivered to you? Correct. Or, okay. Correct. Okay. So, yeah, it's not off the price. It's off right, the actual right, product. It's off the actual mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's, so it's like a, it's, you know, like a G-string of mattresses. Like, you right. just, you know, we have to pick very accordingly where you want. I usually do right in the middle of the spine. And then just sort of like balance on it all night. Right. Uh, but uh, otherwise, good. No, Terrific Con is, has been treating us really well. It's We're about halfway through day two, and uh, I am very thrilled with how excited people have been about not only my stuff, but SourcePoint Press in general. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you shared cake with us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was actually, yeah, a very, very, very good friend of mine, um, Ty McNeil, she brought a cake in. She brought one for you for last year, too, for my birthday, and she brought one for me today, actually, like moments before you guys got here. So Sounds like a classy lady. Do you know what's funny is, like, where I started this podcast with like that bullshit about the mattresses, people are gonna think this cake thing is a bit too, but it's not. Like that, no, no, that I really actually, happened. I actually just ate some birthday cake. So, yes. And of course, Ash was like, "No, I don't want any." But I guess if you're having some, I'll take a couple bites. You know, standard wife stuff. Yeah. Why eat a whole piece when you can eat a couple the, bites? You don't have to feel full. It's the spouse tax. Yeah. It's it, it's the spouse. It's real. And I get 10% but it's not of like everything. No one offered you any, or there was no chance you were going to have. Well, I didn't some. want a whole piece to myself. I, didn't, just, I just wanted a bite. Technically, anything you take is a piece. Oh. Nothing. It's like Gambit. You, you can't have half a sandwich. You can only just have a sandwich. You have the whole sandwich and nothing. So, uh, count, counterpoint, Ash, anything to the the piece, uh, end, I, end game I, here? I, I wish I had something really witty right now, but I, I don't because he kind of has a point. Mm. I hate admitting when he's right, but he's, he's Well, this is, right. this is also one of those kinda things where right. it's like, it's right in a completely logistical sense. Right. And then it, with, it with no real world sense. applicability, right? Right. It's like, yeah. you want to go straight yeah. science. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's like when you win on a technicality. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, no, every, everything has been great. Um, aside, I mean, yeah, getting birthday cakes, so we're good. And then the, the Kickstarter right now is at 63%, so I'm thrilled about that. Thank you guys for helping support that oh, earlier. Thank anyone who was listening to this uh, before and listened. And uh, actually, there, there, for sure, there was one person because he actually friended me after the, the show. Was that uh, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Coop's a huge supporter of everybody that we have on the show. Yep. So that was yeah, wonderful. He's a, he's a great dude. Yeah. He's a great guy. And he messaged me. He messaged me after. It was like said something about Lisa mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, which again, I'm not sponsored by. No. Now, now it's, it's purple, purple mattresses. Purple. Purple. Yeah. The true memory foam clinging support system. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we're 63%. We have 17 days left to go. Um, I'm confident we're going to get there. And As of today, uh, well, once this airs, it should be about 10 days. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully, airs, yeah. yeah, hopefully we'll be well past 63 by that point. Um, you know, but yeah, there's still a couple. Uh, I think there's still five spots left to be drawn into the book. So you, you can still get those. Uh, I don't know, obviously, by the time this comes out, but uh, check that out. You can get drawn to the book with your own demon. So that's still available. Yep, and yeah. that's a hell of a perk. Yeah, that one's fun. That one will yeah. be really fun. I'm actually just more excited to see what Caesar's going to do because you tell him your demon, and then he comes up with a demon, creates one just for you and your and your your demon. You yeah, know? he gives a face to your fears. Yeah, and he's really good. The other thing, too, is like it's not just generic. Like He's really good about... Um, making it specific to the fear. 
like the, there's always elements of the fear in the design, which is so cool. That's excellent. So kind of like the, uh, for folks who have seen Shazam, kind of like the way they did the Seven Deadly Sins. Yes, correct. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good um, analogy too, because they weren't overt. Right. Uh, but but very, you know, but you, you can tell. tell. Yeah. Not as overt as say seven. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the bloated, the, the gluttony one always freaked me out the most, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, one. that one was gross. Gluttony cool. and uh, I think sloth were the worst. You think so? Yeah. The I'm... guys like half dead, emaciated, corpse-like. I thought I actually thought Sloth was kind of nice once Chunk let him out and they were friends. Oh, that's Sloth, yeah. That's a different dude. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. No, I, I knew. Yeah. This this mix-up brought to you by Purple Mattresses. So what have you what do you got today for for folks that uh, can't see? What do you what do you have uh, that you can also get, you know, through SourcePoint Press like online? Oh yeah, for sure. So um, my book, Seance Room, uh, and then my new book, which is all tattoo art. Um, yeah, which, which is gorgeous. Which, thank you. Yes. Um, and it has the Ben Temple Smith cover, which is awesome. Then Rotten Tail, which got turned into a movie with Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis, Can't Lose, and Stargate. It's good, old-fashioned, B-schlocky movie horror fun. Uh, this is super, super good. Um, uh, Nora, coma fisher, she pulls people out of comas, pushes them through to the other side depending on whatever it is that they need. Except for she rips open a portal, brings something through because she tampers with that stuff. Um, I've got Monsterous, it's uh, four stories about the steampunk robots versus Dr. Frankenstein's monsters. Like I got that. Uh, Ken Perry's Wretched Things, it's all of the animals, the vermin in the house, deciding to take back the house from the, the humans. And it's bloody and it's gory and there's a spider that uh, shouts Che Guevara inciting riot speech, and it's <laughs> uh, it's it's awesome. It's like if Orson Welles wrote HGTV. Okay. Um, and you know that's a very that's a very small sample of what we actually have at Source Point. This is uh, we are scant at this moment. There's there's so much more. Yeah, and there's still a good good selection here. Mm. Did you would you mind reminding our listeners of what the Kickstarter is for? Yeah. And we will definitely include a link to it Great. in the comment section when we post it. And there'll it. be an accompanying article. Yes. Oh, thanks. That's great. You can have another piece of cake. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's just like rewarding any reporter who doesn't have cake now. Like you don't have right? cake? I'm sorry. Um, you I'm don't out have of here. cake? I, I can't do this. I just do this so I can say let them eat cake at some point and mean it. <laughs> uh, so the Kickstarter is about Chongo, the Broken Veil. It's a two-part graphic novel. Uh, the first part is a double-sized comic. The second part will be another double-sized comic. This is for the first part. Uh, a boy, Reuben, can see all the demons that we keep with us, uh, i.e. the demon talk from earlier, and he is finally ready to get rid of them while also exploring the relationship dynamic between a mother and her son after losing the father that they both loved and cared about uh, and sort of growing apart. Uh, they, they think they're growing apart because of, she thinks because he's getting older and he's growing hurt by what happened and the truth is he's got this secret about the demons that he can't tell her and so it's a, it's a you know really the whole thing's built around heart but it's also got really badass cool looking demons nice which is always a good combination yeah well thank you so much for your time thank you for you We'll definitely be posting this. We'll post the Kickstarter and everything, and hopefully we can get you to 100. percent Thanks so much. I appreciate or it, guys. Over. Or yeah, or at least 100. Bonus. Oh god, yeah, that would be nice. So we'll uh, we'll do what we can to help uh, spread the word for you. Thank you. All right, we're here at uh, Terrific Con still, and we are over here with Tim Jones of 
of uh, Sour Grapes, the comic. Um, so, for folks who are unfamiliar with what you do, give us like a quick background on like who you are and like what it is that uh, what you do with Sour Grapes. Well, I'm a I'm a comic strip artist, and I have a comic strip called Sour Grapes, and it's a self-syndicated comic strip, which means I do all the legwork. Uh, I've gotten up to 28 newspapers, Rhode Island, Mass, and California, and um, it's gotten really popular, it's really exploding, and so it's going on a, a great trajectory. And it's about, uh, main character's Aesop, is a miserable flying dog, and uh, it's about his, his life in a problematic world putting up with his odd friends that he has and this whole world that they share together. So it's it's very relatable because we all have that in our lives, you know. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, uh, that's basically it in a nutshell. So what got you started into doing comics? Was there like a specific inspiration that you were like, this is what I want to do? Or was well, it just something you did as a kid that... Right. Well, when I was a kid, I um, I used to get the Sunday comics and a box of Munchkins and uh, sit there on the floor and draw Garfield right on the newspaper and stuff like that. So that's as early back as I can remember as me wanting to do this. And um, just time went along, and I I um, uh, was doing comics and stuff. And then finally, in 2013, I started Sour Grapes and. The rest is history. So now, is there uh, are there any comics that you know kind of inspired you? Was like there's something that you were like, I want to do stuff, you know, in this vein. Obviously, not the same as, but in the vein as, you know, Person X. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, are you asking me what, who my influences are? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Zoning. Um, I, uh, I'm influenced by uh, Charles Schultz, Peanuts, Johnny Hart, um, Wizard of Id, and uh, BC, yeah. and Garfield, of course. And then um, those are my main, because of their, their simplicity and the writing, uh, just keeping everything. I, I'm big about keeping it simple. If you look at my strip and you read my strip, um, you know the writing is the writing is quirky and um, and uh, different angles and smart. Not that I'm smart, but it's smart. And um, and so, but the the artwork is very simple. I don't go crazy with um, with backgrounds and stuff. So um, so that's that's basically. Is there? Okay, we can pause if you want. No, that's all right. Uh, is there a comic like so? If folks are unfamiliar with you and you're trying to, you know, kind of get them into what you do, is there, um, is there like a, a, an analog to yours? You know, is it like, you know, Farside or Calvin and Hobbes or Pearls Before Swine or something like that that someone would say, oh yeah, I like that, so I would like your comic. Oh, um, I would go back to Peanuts. Okay. And. Um, Possibly, um, sort of Calvin and Hobbes, um, but I, you know, I, I try to keep it original oh, yeah. in its own in its own sense. But I, 
I don't necessarily drag from those things, but it, it's what I grew up on. Mm -hmm. So I, that's kind of always, um, I, I'll call it an engine. Well, that's pretty smart, actually. <laughs> it's my engine. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, that, that's that's always in my head. I guess is what I what I. Well, I mean, it's hard not to be like if you spent so much time reading comics and like really just absorbing it. It's really hard not to you know have some of that influence even subconsciously you know it's the same thing with filmmakers or writers like if you you know you read a lot you know eventually all the stuff that you read is going to kind of bleed out into what you're writing right right you know i know some folks like uh, the first one that comes to my mind is bill amend who does foxtrot right. will put like you know he was heavily influenced by calvin and hobbs and he will put like little homages to Calvin and Hobbes like you know there's a scene where the family's talking in the living room and they have yeah. pictures on the on the dining room table or whatever and you know it's Calvin and Hobbes right, you right, know, right. or you know Kathy or you know whatever you know so you know kind of paying homage but I mean I feel like pretty much I mean unless you're Charles Schultz or you know somebody that was around for 50 years you know there's tons of influence on you oh yeah I mean it's um Sometimes it's overwhelming, but uh, like I said, for me, it just kind of fuels it for me because I want to—I want to be those guys, you know, someday. And um, you know, hopefully, I will if I if I keep it going. But um, it's, um, it's it, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I know they say that the newspaper industry is kind of iffy right now and stuff, but. You know, um, I, I try and stay on the positive side. I really think that comic strips are will always be part of the fabric of of people's entertainment per se, and, and the characters. And with that, it's it's really important to have um, recognizable characters. Right. So I've been really lucky. People recognize Aesop like right away, and um, so. Um, and his personality and all that. So um, I, I think that's important. Cause, you know, you look at Charlie Brown, instantly recognizable. You know what he's all about and that type of thing. Calvin, the same thing. I mean, it's all, you know, I mean, there are a lot of strips out there where it's um, a family. So there isn't one particular, um, like Foxtrot yeah. or um, stuff like that, where it's not one particular character that you would recognize right away but um, but I guess it's all what makes it work but you know, I, I I really concentrate on Aesop he's in a lot of the um, the episodes uh, I'd say about 90% of them well I mean you have to have you know your central character and then he's got to have you know other other characters kind of bounce adventures off I mean yeah I mean, even Calvin and Hobbes had, you know, Susie Durkins and, you know, his parents, you know. I think the only thing, the only strip I can think of, you know, is maybe like one of those one-panel things, like a far side, where there's not, you know, you know, a specific character that you're focusing on. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, there were a few like that, you know, names 
escape me, but but yeah, when you're when you have a character that like people can kind of latch onto, and like a specific art style that people can latch onto, like that's really helpful. And yeah, I think that's definitely what you have going with with uh, Aesop. Oh, thank you. I, you know, like you said, with strips like Far Side and. Um, you know, close to home, and and some of the other popular ones that are uh, loose parts is another one, Dave Blazek. But um, it's almost you take it's all I call them caption comics because you take what they say away from it, and you could put something else. Right. You know, sometimes you'll see that they'll have a caption contest, so they'll leave it just the picture, and you insert your own thing. So so those don't have. Uh, a particular character per se, they, they rely on uh, their, their caption and that type of stuff, so yeah. make it funny. So. Now, where can people find you on social media? Do you have a website where people can purchase? Yeah, you can go on uh, sourgrapescomic.com and all my stuff's on there. Uh, my social media links are on there. Um, Instagram and Facebook, and um, I have my merchandises on there. You can see all the newspapers that I'm in, so maybe you live in an area where you can see it. Uh, all my press, so if you send me this, I'll put you on my website. And I put a link to it and go right to it and stuff, and uh, so that's all there, and, and uh, other information, so pretty much see everything right there. So. Yeah, great one-stop shopping, you just go right to That's right. Right to the right. comic site, and then, bam. Yep. So, well, I'm interested to see what you uh, come up with and, like, what you've got coming down the pipe. You know, a, a flying dog who's very miserable with his life and has to deal with, like, random, you know, random interesting characters, like, that's definitely, like, good fodder for a comic strip because yeah. you can do whatever you want. Once you have that... Uh, level of okay, this is what we're doing, this is how things are, this is what this world is like. Like, do you find it like satisfying to really be able to indulge your imagination, knowing that you, you're not limited by, like, you know, say, like, if this is a cartoon or something, like, you'd be like, all right, well, I kind of have to keep it a little bit believable, or if this is like, no, I have a flying dog that takes his cloud on a, on a walk with a leash. <laughs> like, this yeah, is that's great. It. Yeah, that's it right there. It's, uh, it, it, just let the imagination fly. You just stay within the parameters of your, of your strip so it makes sense. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I love it. It's just, uh, it's basically my life, which means it's miserable, but not my family or anything. Just stuff, <laughs> nothing ever goes right for me, and it's just, every day it's something, but, uh, so I, I take that and I, I throw it into the strip, and uh, um, then I let the characters take it from there. Because you know, I've gotten to the point where I know the characters so well that I know what to have them say. And sometimes it just writes itself. It gets a little scary, you know, because I feel like Aesop's talking to me. And you wake up and you're like, I don't remember writing this or right. drawing this. Right, yeah. So I've lost four hours. What happened? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of time warp happened. And you got like one of your little stuffed Aesops holding a pen just sitting on the desk like Yeah. Well what? at least I got some sleep. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So yeah.
So far, so good. Awesome. Well, thank you for sitting down and chatting with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll be roaming around. We'll be back, we'll, obviously, because where else are we going to go? <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, story of my life. So we're here again, Terrificon, day three, and we're over here with Jerry Pesh. Jerry, say hi. Hi. How's it going, guys? Good. And Jerry's a phenomenal artist. Uh, if anybody follows the show, you've seen the picture of the Calvin and Hobbes as He-Man uh, at Castle Grayskull. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what got you into doing this, like when you started doing art. Okay. Uh, well, I've been drawing for over 40 years. I've been drawing since I was a little kid. Um, honestly, my history of how I came to be where I am now is a little different than most. I worked in the rock industry for 20 years doing lighting for bands. I was also a makeup effects artist in Hollywood briefly, so I did a little bit of that. All of these things brought together to be the artist I am. So. I, uh, I, I, I mean, I've collected, I, I, I love all different aspects of things. I'm a comic book collector, I love Star Wars, horror, fantasy, a little bit of everything, you know. That was going to be my next question, like, are you, you know, do you, like, are you a fan of everything you do, or are you, are you more drawn to, you know, the interesting lighting effects and, you know, different colors you can use to illustrate these characters? I, br I try to bring the knowledge that I have of lighting for having done that so long into anything I'm doing. So if I'm doing a Pokemon piece, I try to make it look like the coolest Pokemon I can. I always try to almost add, like, the best I could say is, like, when I'm doing some of my characters, I almost make try to make them feel like they're all on the spotlight, on the stage, center attention, and it's all about them. You know, and that's what I try to yeah, do with yeah. everything I'm doing. Because there's a lot of, like, even with, you know, like, I don't want to call it, like, a mundane piece, but, like, you know, like, I'm looking at the uh, Daryl Dixon, I'm better on my own piece. Sure. And even that, you know, you're adding, like, this crazy fantastical element with the different colors that you use. I do. I tend to come at my stuff, uh, like, very much with, I, I'm an 80s guy, so mm -hmm. to me, I love that 80s rock and roll feel, so that, having done that all this time in my, with my lighting career, I like to bring that to the subjects that I'm doing, so it almost kind of makes it feel like you're bringing colors to pieces that may not have used that kind of saturated a color, but especially because I do it on the metal, that also pops it so much. Yeah, like there's a lot of like, you know, deep reds and purples and like, it's just the way everything mixes together. And all of your characters look the way they're supposed to. Like here's a drawing of Rick Moranis from Little Shop of Horrors. Looks like Rick Moranis. You know, here's, you know, Dr. Freeze, or Mr. Freeze. He should be a doctor. <laughs> See, I always, there's so many doctors and misters with Batman, like... Uh, now, there are so many different fandoms represented here. Sure. Is there any one specific fandom that you're drawn to? You know what? It's funny. I, myself, have loved a lot of these things myself. Like, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. I'm a big fan of, of uh, like, comic book DC and Marvel and Independence. Um, D&D, which is becoming popular now, Dungeons and Dragons is a big thing that I love. So I have a big fantasy, uh, you know. But then I, you know, then I like some of the new anime stuff. The funny thing is, is if it's something that I didn't really get into, I, what's happening is I tend to have a lot of people that'll commission me to do characters from pieces that I would not have necessarily even known about. And then by doing those pieces, it brings me into that kind of a genre, and I get to really enjoy it. Plus, I get to make all the other fans happy because they see that I have a wider array of things for people to have. 
And how long have you been, like, because you don't just have, like, you know, prints, like, you have stuff on metal. Yeah. Like, when did you start doing that? That's kind of the whole th reason why I started doing my art, like, at the shows. Um, seven years ago, I, when I got, was, I worked in the rock industry, I was doing my shows, doing lighting and stuff, and somebody had said, oh, you should sell your art at the shows, and I wanted to do something different. And I stumbled across somebody that was doing, like, little metal bookmarks, and I was like, ooh, this is really kind of cool, mm -hmm. can we do bigger? And I literally had to invest in the company to make it so we can do the larger size metals. And the moment I did that, it kind of just became my canvas. Yeah. And it looks incredible. Thank it's you. very eye-catching. Especially with the lighting effects that you have really on it. It really sets your booth apart from all of the other booths here. Well, and that's kind of what I try to do. When I said I was going to do this, and I know it's crazy, but like me and my girl, we do 35 shows a year around the country. We drive everywhere. We do this big setup. I really want to bring something cool to you guys at the shows because, you know, you pay to get in here. You want to see mean, something cool. Your booth is like a show in and of itself. In, in yes. a way, we try, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. and it's cool because I bring that whole lighting aspect in and you still see it. And, and you know, and it's Fun. I just want it to be a fun, you know, fun experience for everybody. Great. So, uh, where can people find you? If well. Of course, um, we're online. You can definitely find us on. on um, we're on all the social medias under Pesh Effects, which is P E S C E F F E C T S. Uh, you know, at, we're on AOL. We're on. I mean, uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and then we have our website. And then we're at a lot of shows. We're doing like 35 shows a year this year. So right now, I know for sure we're gonna. This is our first time in Connecticut. So we're really happy to be here to do this one. But we'll be next week. We'll be in Boston. Uh, the week after, I think I'm in Indiana. I think I like. That's the problem. Oh. Get to, it gets to the point where we're, we're all over the place. So, um, but we, if, if there's ever any questions about where we're going to be, or if there's a city or a show that you, that you know other people want to see us at, feel free to reach out to us. We're always trying to make sure when we do our schedule each year of what we can do and what we can fit in. But we really had a good show. This, this is a really good time uh, in Connecticut. We really enjoyed this one, so we're really happy to be able to do this one. We're probably going to try and do it again next year if we can. Yeah, this is our, actually our first time here as well. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I mean, we've seen you at Rock and Shock. Yep. I think we've seen you at Rhode Island a couple times. Yep, yep. And we're going to be back for Rhode Island, I know, in November. Um, you know, and that's the thing. I try to do as many horror shows as I can because I'm a big horror guy too, so I love that stuff. It's just hard to get the horror shows because they have different audiences and different timings, so it doesn't always work out. But, right. uh, you know, I, it's just the beauty of doing this stuff. You know, you try and make yeah, everybody I mean, happy. You, but you've got stuff that's, it, there's any fandom you possibly could have, like, there's something here for you. We yeah. try. I really do. And I try to fill everything. I really And do. I do like the crossover. Like the Calvin and like Calvin and Hobbes and He-Man are like two things near and dear to my heart. I loved Calvin and Hobbes growing up as a kid, so I would read that like religiously. I, mean, I was reading the Sunday papers when I was out, the daily papers. So like to me that was something that always meant a lot to me. So to be able to do some fun little mashups with that is just something I like to just throw in there and make people happy. And I know people nostalgically jump all over that. I mean I've got a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Totally. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Whiz Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. 
Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking And we are back. So I hope you enjoyed those uh, those interviews. And like I said, we're gonna detail you know as much as we can. We'll provide links for everybody's stuff in our uh, in our article that's gonna come out. Well, it should come out the same day. So we'll make sure to uh, make make available everything that you need to do to to check these folks out and all their amazing work that they do. So uh, ashes we. Uh, we have today too. We have a uh, new battle, do we not? We do have a battle. Oh well, because it's a Thursday, and, and on Thursdays, Thursdays we, we throw, throw down. down. So you know what that means? It's time for Enchanted Exile. So, this week... More of you meeting Maurice LaMarche. We have a new battle at the Ides of LaMarche. Oh yes, very clever. <laughs> we have all characters that Maurice LaMarche have voiced. And it was tough going through that list. It was very difficult. Like I said, there were some characters who I didn't even realize he voiced. Um... And a lot of a lot of bit characters too. Like, good for him. He is working, and he is working hard. He has been consistently working since 1985. Like that is impressive. So, anyways, we have the art. We have Brain from Pinky and the Brain versus Egon Spengler. I had no idea that he did the voice of yep. Egon Spengler. It's from the the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, the animated series. Yes. Uh, versus Dizzy Dell again. Another one. I had no idea. Versus Calculon from Futurama. Oh, yes. Cal- Espomat, Acting Unit 4.0, David Duchovny. So, anyways, if you didn't catch that, it's Brain from Pinky and the Brain versus Egon Spengler from the animated Ghostbusters versus Dizzy Devil from Tiny Toons versus Calculon from Futurama at... The Warner Brothers movie lot in the Animaniacs universe to knock out Aka Circling Birdies. Circling Birdies, yes. So <laughs> as soon as you incapacitate your uh, opponent till he's seeing Circling Birds, that's how you win. So we have some really cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I know we keep saying that, but it's true. But it's true. We do. We're not lying. And we would never lie to you. Um, we don't have a convention until uh, Rocket Rock Shock, Shock, October eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth at the DCU Center in Worcester. We're going to be there along with other members of the Dorkening. Oh yeah! So it's going to be super excited. We have a table. We're yeah, going to have some fun stuff. So definitely come by and see us, and come see the really crazy guests that they're they they have announced and are still announcing oh yeah even by the time this airs they'll probably have announced a couple more folks so like felissa rose from sleepaway camp uh who we've actually met 
for, and she is delightful. Oh, she is. She did, uh, if anybody saw our uh, raffle that we did at Scaricon, she is the one who pulled the uh, winning uh, powerful Brandon tag. Kane Hodder is also going to be there. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk to him about that documentary. So Adrian King is going to be there. Uh, there are some people from uh, Twin Peaks that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. The Ladies of Evil Dead, as well as Bruce Campbell. I was going to say, who's the headliner? Bruce Campbell like, for the that first is time? Crazy. Some crazy, 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 amazing guests. And some of them haven't even been announced yet. So do yourself a favor. Buy your ticket now and get yourself to Rock and Chalk October 11th, 12th, and 13th at the DCU Center in Worcester. Like, tell them I sent you. It's probably not going to get you very far, but they'll be like, okay, money, please. Oh, and another person who is going to be at Rock and Chalk that I'm excited to see, Johnny fucking Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah! I'm super pumped. Johnny is going to be at Rock and Shock. That's right. We're going to see Johnny Wolfenstein. So, again, we've said this a hundred times on the show. We look at Rock and Shock less as a convention and more of a family reunion. Because it's really the only time of year we get to see some folks. It's true. And they're also going to have some crazy vendors there this year as well. Fiona's, Deadly Grounds, mm-hmm. um... I'm hoping Brutalities is there again, because their stuff is amazing. Probably Cleaver Clothing. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cleaver Clothing. Um, Some great vendors. So it's definitely worth it. Come down with all of these great guests. I can't even imagine the panels that they're putting together. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a really fun time. So save your pennies. Come down to Worcester. Come play with us. And we'll be, be, you know, updating you as things go along, uh, you know, with you know, any updated guests or panels, you know, who the hell knows? Maybe we get to, you know, be on a panel or something. You know, that would be cool. I'd love to do one. They you did one at Scaricon. our faces on a panel. They've put uglier people up there. Well, this is true. So, it's true. And you're very cute. I am freaking and adorable. I would wear my shark suit unless that would get me disqualified. Yeah. Then I wouldn't wear my shark suit. <laughs> I would wear a shark shirt, though, or some sort of themed thing. Okay, well, instead of talking about clothing, why don't we thank everyone for listening to this episode? Thank you for listening to this episode, everyone. (laughs) I appreciate it. And definitely check out our, uh, our article and go check out some of these awesome folks. You know, Ben's Kickstarter's got about a week left. Yes. Yes, at this point, yeah. It has, it's like a week to 10 days. Um, yep. So we will be posting links again, in case you forgot, to his Kickstarter. It is a crazy interesting concept, and you know it, it really deserves to be brought to fruition. Yeah, and it's a, you know, a, a super-sized graphic novel, as he said in the, in the interview. And it's just the first part, and the second part's going to be another super-sized graphic novel. You know, and like I say all the time, you know, if you can spend, you know, a hundred dollars on a pair of Jordans or, you know, something for a, uh, you know, another designer that you like, you know, spend 20 bucks and support your friends, share their stuff. You know, even if you can't donate, share it around, get as many eyeballs and earballs on it as you can. And, you know, everything helps. 
you know, these folks don't have like the huge advertising dollars that, you know, the, the stuff you see on TV or on ads on Facebook. Although now that you're probably listening to this, you'll see ads for it on Facebook, I'm sure, because they're always listening. And I think with that being said, we, we will, will see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.